0: This building, I hope that we can leave this building with joy in our hearts and an expectation that the next chapter is going to be exciting. Yeah! <laughs> I was told I, I've done a number of courses when I was at St John's, and I was told once that a good sermon should have a good beginning and a good ending, but they should be as close together as possible. So I won't be too long this morning, and um, I hope that you will feast on what I believe God's given me. Do you know, I believe that we should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. Do you believe that? You better smile at me this morning, because if I see any dull faces, I won't be too happy. But often we don't live in that place, do we? We don't live in that place... That we're, where we have joy that's filling our hearts. We've had a really difficult week this week in our household. And I guess sometimes when you pick a sermon that God tests you on it. I haven't been the happiest person. Joel has been sick. There's been various things in the centre. And I think, how can I get up and talk about joy this morning? But hey, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him who puts joy in our hearts and it's about him, the source of all joy. So what is joy? When I looked it up in the dictionary, it said it's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. It's a feeling of, I thought this was a grinning inside. Are you grinning inside this morning? Is there a joy and a happiness and a peace in your heart? Because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. We were reading this verse together as a family this week and it's in 1 Peter 1 verse 8 and it says, this is amazing really, though you have not seen him, you love him and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So we believe in someone this morning that we can't see, we can't feel, we're believing that he's real and that one day we're gonna see him. Are we all mad? (laughs) No, because he lives inside us. And because he's inside us, it's as though we can feel him. It's as though we can touch him. It's as though that we can see him because he fills us with this amazing joy. I've got four parts to my um, talk, or whatever you want to call it. And they all begin with E. And the first one is enjoy your everyday life. Has it come up? Oh, yeah, it's good. Sort of. I'm just going to read you this little story. Lucy was talking to Charlie Brown one day. Charlie Brown, she asked, you see that hill? Yes, I see it, said Charlie Brown. Lucy said, Charlie Brown, on the other side of the hill is happiness. Someday I'm going to climb that hill, and I'm going to get to the other side, and I expect to find all the answers to life on the other side. I expect to find meaning and purpose, joy and happiness on the other side of that hill. Charlie Brown scratched his head. Do you suppose, he mused, that there is a kid on the other side of that hill looking over to our side and saying to someone else, all the answers to life are on the other side of that hill. What if someday he climbs across that hill and comes across to our side looking for happiness and meaning and purpose and all the answers to life? Lucy looked at Charlie Brown and then she looked at that hill and said, forget it, kid. The answer's not over here. Did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> it could only be Sonia, couldn't it? <laughs> you can read it afterwards, Sonia. <laughs> the only life you can enjoy is your own. That's a profound statement, isn't it? If you forget everything else today, remember that. I believe that people desperately want to enjoy their lives. They want to experience contentment and peace. That could mean anything from extreme hilarity to calm delight. People want that in their lives. The the reason perhaps people do not enjoy their lives is they're not happy with who they are, wishing they were someone else, looked like someone else, had someone else's car, lived in someone else's house, had someone else's money. They're not content with where they are. Or where they are in life? Are we always looking to the other side of the hill, thinking that the grass is greener somewhere else? You know, my life's got a little bit sad since <laughs> I've left St. John's, but in the afternoon I watch these programs like Escape to the Country. <laughs> and when I watch them, I just sit there daydreaming and think, oh, I'm 64, I would just love to go and live somewhere quiet and have lovely walks in the countryside enjoying the birds holding hands with my husband <laughs> and enjoying life and i think oh it probably never happened <laughs> but you can dream on can't you and think well that's that's the way it is so accept the life that you've been given I've been, last year I was reading through the Bible and, um, because it's very interesting books as you trudge through it sometimes. And Ecclesiastes, you know, is a fascinating book, isn't it? It's the sort of book that you want to skip over because if you read it at any length, it's like, by the time you've read it, it's like, (laughs) oh, life is just the pits, you know. It's totally meaningless. But I think Solomon, and we believe that Solomon wrote that book, He had a dilemma with life. He wanted to work out the meaning of it. It's apparent unfairness. It's a bit like what Dave said last week, the wicked seem to prosper and the righteous don't seem always to come out on top. It does seem unfair sometimes in life, doesn't it? Solomon had everything he wanted. He had tremendous intellect, power and wealth and still he had to wrestle with these dilemmas of life. I was trying to think the best way to describe it. It's like when a child gets an Easter egg. You know those Easter bunnies that are all covered with gold paper and like a red thing around its neck. And you say, oh, this is a lovely Easter egg. And you open it up and you take a bite of the ear and it's hollow. <laughs> There's no cream filling in it, is there? Nothing inside. And I, I think Solomon was trying to tell us that life to him was sometimes like that whatever he did however hard he worked it all seemed meaningless ecclesiastes 5 verse 18 if you wanted to look at that this is what he said even so i have noticed one thing at least that is good he could only think of one thing that was good It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them, and to accept their lot in life. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. Do you enjoy your lot in life? Do you enjoy where God has placed you in the week, where God has called you to work in the workplace, in the school? Enjoy your lot in life, embrace the life, the personality, the strengths, the weaknesses, the family, the resources, the opportunities, your physical abilities, and the uniqueness God has given you. Each one of you is unique. There's no two alike, is there? Don't you ever wonder when you see all these faces in the world, you know, you see a group of people. I'm always amazed how no two look alike. I mean, you do get the couples that sometimes look similar. How did God make every face so different with two eyes, and a nose, and a mouth? I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? God's creation and His uniqueness, and He has a plan for each one of us if we let Him work in our lives. What we ha- have been given is not the source of joy, Jesus is the source of our joy. But every good thing comes from God. So we can rejoice, can't we? We can rejoice in our lives, whether you think they're very not interesting or not. Solomon had an up and down life. It sounded like he moved away from God at times. He had tremendous wealth and intellect, as I said. But in the end, he remembered one thing. He said, remember your creator in the days of your youth, was one of the famous verses in Ecclesiastes. But he also says right at the end chapter, fear God and keep his commands. That is the true meaning to life. So I think after all his dilemma, all his questioning, all his reasoning on the meaninglessness of life, he came down to the one thing fear God and keep his commands. My sister's um, husband died last year. He was um, 60. He died. Prematurely, I believe, although God called him home. And um, my sister had always had a desire to go to Grenada. That's where my ancestors came from, funnily enough. My maiden name um, is French, it's Prudhomme. And um, you see, I'm telling you all these secrets about me now. <laughs> and. Um, My ancestors were French Huguenots, and the Huguenots, if you know anything about history, were driven out of France. And a lot of them settled in uh, different places in the world, and a lot of them in the Caribbean islands. And so my sister and I had, to some degree, never thought I'd ever get there, um, wanted to go and visit Grenada with her husband, but unfortunately she wasn't able to do that. And one of his last desires for her was that she would go and to take me with her. So when she ran me up one day and said, would you like to go to Grenada? And I said, oh, well, I'll have to pray about it, like you do. She said, um, no, it's on me. Everything's paid for. I just want you to come with me because my husband can't come. I so said, that's really exciting, Pam. Let's go. And as we went and we tried to contact, we were able to contact our family. There was um, a lady who was part of the Proudhon family we found in St. George's. And she, her husband had done some of the family tree. And we set off one day to find where my my granddad was born and my great-grandfather was married because we'd had pictures of the church up in Guav which is the north of the island and the plantation that my granddad was born in was also in the north of the island we couldn't have done it on our own me and my sister there would have been no way and this this couple we got together and they took us to the north of this island And as we traveled up there and you know you see the trees and the nutmeg and the mangoes and the papaya and and i thought oh if heaven's like this (laughs) you know and and the, the island's paradise it's like you get off the plane and you see the sea and the palm trees and the blue sea and you think oh this is amazing but I didn't end up there. I ended up in Hillendon by the A40. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, what went wrong? You know, if my granddad hadn't have done this, my great granddad hadn't have done that, I could have been living there in Paradise Island. But hey, God knows, doesn't he? We're where he places us to be. We have our lot in life. And let's be content with that. <laughs> So that was the first one. Enjoy your everyday life. So you know when I'm getting to the end. Embrace the ordinary. Another key to happiness is realizing that most of life is everyday, isn't it? Most of life consists of routine. To embrace life, we have to realize that most of life is ordinary. And so we need to appreciate the little things. Appreciate a child crying or a smile from somebody or a walk in the country or a sunset or a sunrise or a rainbow. Things that we can so easily overlook. Take time to embrace the ordinary. Hey, life's not one big party, is it? There are times of celebration, there are times of holidays, there are times of anniversaries... They're important milestones, getting promotion, et cetera, et cetera. We cannot wait every day for these situations to come. They are nice things to look forward to, and often we look forward so much that when they come, they're a bit of a disappointment. But let's appreciate today. Let's appreciate what we have been given today. We've got life, we've got breath, we live in a good country. When you think of some of the persecution in... Places like Pakistan, you know, Christians are having their heads chopped off and just terrible things happening and we're in a country where we're free to worship and sometimes we don't take advantage of that. When nothing remarkable seems to take place and everything is business as usual, that is where we develop character and the ability to enjoy everyday life. Let me say that once more because it's quite a significant statement. When nothing remarkable seems to be taking place and everything is business as usual, that is where we develop character and the ability to enjoy everyday life. It's in the routine. It's in the mundane. It's in the same old, same old, same old that God is doing his work. If you turn to Mark 4, 26 29 I wanted to liken that really to the parable of the growing seed. In Mark, let me just turn to it. But give you some scriptures so I'm not right. The parable of the growing seed, it's Mark 26. He also said this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn, first the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So when we plant something in the ground, um, Sabia and I were doing an allotment last year. We didn't have a great deal of success because the slugs got most of it. But we got so excited when we saw something shooting up and growing, you know, and it hadn't been eaten because all the work was going on under the ground and all of a sudden you see a cabbage or a leek and you think, my, that's amazing. And in our lives, it's like that. In, In the mundane... Days of life, God's work is still going on in our hearts, developing faithfulness, commitment, and putting that joy in our hearts. You know, I think a ploy of the enemy is... Some people don't believe we have an enemy, but we have, haven't we? You know, and his biggest ploy is to steal joy. I do believe that. If he can steal your joy, he can steal lots of things in your life. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Do you know, you, some of you who perhaps became Christians later on in life were having a, just a cosy life and you become a Christian. And it's like, it seems like all hell's been let loose, doesn't it? Yeah. I know Joel sometimes says that to me. I was all right when I was in the world doing this, that and the other. <laughs> and now I'm a Christian and I want to follow God. It's, it's, you know, It seems like all the attack comes, doesn't it? But hey, that's not a bad thing because it means you're on the right path. Why would the devil want to bother you if you weren't bothering him? And we, to have faith, we need to have obstacles to conquer, don't we? What's the point of having faith if there's no problems? i are mean, not asking for problems, don't get me wrong. But we need faith and we need problems to overcome those problems. So when when the attacks come, I think the best remedy, and I'm speaking to myself because I'm not always good at this, is to worship God. Tell the devil to clear off and tell him not to steal your joy. You can shout if you like. Clear off. Get out of here, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Don't steal my joy. (laughs) Sorry, I've got a laugh. Because this is a a sermon about joy, so excuse me if I laugh. And I pray at the end of this meeting that the Holy Spirit will come and dose you all in some joy so we can leave this place and go on in the next chapter with some joy in our hearts. No more miserable faces. (laughs) Sorry about that. That's not in my notes. Right this I love this one. Habakkuk 3:17. I mean it couldn't get worse than this, could it? You think you've got problems? Listen to this. Though so the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine. Though so the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Though so there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's hilarious. <laughs> yet, I will... yet, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. Oh, yeah. I will be joyful. Words can't express. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the height. Why is that little bit there just at the end of that thing? I just believe that sometimes God seems to strip everything away, doesn't he? He just takes everything away in the sense that to go on the heights. I love that, um, I love that worship song um, about the mountain. To climb this mountain, you've got to let everything go. I forget all the words. There's nothing I hold on to. There's nothing I hold on to. And I think to go to the heights, to have the feet of a deer, and to see things from God's perspective. Like we said last week, sometimes God has to strip everything away for us to totally rely on him. Because if everything's in place, why do we need him? It's like the children of Israel, wasn't it? When everything was honky-dory, they forgot him. And they went on their way. And then there were times that they had to ask him for different things. God is always in control. Aren't you glad of that? I suppose in our lives, we want to be in control at times, don't we? We want to make sure we've got enough of this, enough of that, we're secure for the future, da-da-da-da-da, and I'm a great one of that. I'm always starting to feel, well, we haven't got a pension, how are we going to manage when we're 80 and all this? And he he always says the same. You can imagine what it's like living with him, can't you? Oh, God will provide. Oh, don't say that again! (laughs) But I know it's true, but don't tell me. He does provide. Number three, experience laughter. Oh. We need to laugh more, church, don't we? We do. Come on. I know we're Brits. But we're not baptised in prune juice. And, you know, sometimes it is hard to to smile and laugh. I felt recently, and I know perhaps others do, that this move is going to mean that we're going to be squashed together in a way, a bit like sardines, I suppose, in a tin. It may not be very comfortable, but I think it's what God's doing for us. And he will unite us and we will have to love each other. I know we've started that and we're on the road to doing that for the last 10 years, but I think this is going to be a special time, really. It's not something I would have chosen. But I also felt as well that he was going to fill us with joy. That the move was going to be a move of joy as well, as well as unity. Proverbs 17 says A happy heart is a good medicine. A happy heart is a good medicine. When did you last have a good laugh? So much so that your stomach hurt and you've split your sides. Do you remember those times when you've actually laughed like that? Yesterday. Yesterday. That's good, Maria. I bet you felt really good after that. You know, laughter can pull us out of a pit of depression or sadness. It gives us boosts of energy and can completely change our attitude our outlook on the situation. The average adult lasts four to eight times a day, a child 150 times a day. It's amazing, isn't it? That's why Jesus says, Why did it come as a little child? Because children teach us so much, don't they? It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. So why don't you smile more? It's less muscles. <laughs> I like this bit. A, light, a smile is the lighting system of the face and the heating system of the heart. Listen to this. I, mean, I learn so much when I do these talks, I think crumbs. It releases tension, anxiety, anger, fear, shame, and guilt. It increases antibodies and protective capacity against viruses, bacteria, and other microorganisms. It's a release of body chemicals called endorphins, which can reduce stress, enhance circulation, improve the immune system, lower blood pressure, stimulate the nervous system, decrease cholesterol and strengthen the heart. Why do we need the National Health? Why do we need to go to A&E? It's amazing, isn't it? I believe the Holy Spirit comes to give us laughter. I've experienced that a few times in my life, really, and one was quite recent. I'll give you a recent one, and one a good few years back, when I went to California this year to meet Catherine. I mean, the Holy Spirit was all around her flat, her school, her college, and her church, and... um, Some nights in her flat we would have hysterical laughter. And honestly, it was you can't if I said to you to now, just laugh, you can't just laugh, can you? You just can't laugh hysterically. You just can't turn that on. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit and we we would we would be creased up and then we'd say, What are we laughing about? And we we didn't know. But I tell you it was so refreshing. And I knew God was doing something just to refresh me, really. And the amazing thing, when I came back from America, you know, it's like we come back from USA, Amanda, you get jet lag, it's quite bad. I didn't have any jet lag when I came back. I slept the first night at a regular time for that whole week. And, you know, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, and that was because of the laughter. And I don't know, it was very, very strange. But it was amazing, and... It, it, when I went to the college that morning, the laughter came on this guy. I tell you, he was laughing for half an hour. It was just, a, it was just the one person, Stephanie. And, but nobody, you couldn't just say, Well, I'm going to do that this morning. He laughed and laughed in the spirit for a half an hour. And God was truly in that place. In the, um, when was Toronto? 2004. It was a long- <laughs> <laughs> Time goes quick when you're getting old. Um, when we went to Toronto, there was like a move of the spirit in Canada, and lots of um, ministers went to get refreshing. And um, Phil went first and came back completely over the top as usual. And um, then I decided to go. And um, but there were some nights that we couldn't walk out to the car. You know, it was like we'd been in the pub having a You know, lots of alcohol but we hadn't had anything, but the Holy Spirit was so strong there, we would walk into the car park, and we looked, we did, like on the day of Pentecost, we looked like we'd had a few bottles of vodka. (laughs) And um, it was amazing, really, but I tell you, I've never forgotten those times of the Holy Spirit coming, and I just pray that happens in our church. I pray, if it's not this morning, God, bring your laughter. Bring your joy on these people, Lord. Lift the burdens so they can enjoy you and enjoy this next chapter of the church. We are too serious. We should lighten up. There are times to be serious. Don't get me wrong. Life isn't just one big laugh. There are situations that are grave at times and we need to weep with those that weep. But most of life, we can look and laugh at Blessed are those who can laugh at themselves, for they shall never cease to be amused. (laughs) If you can laugh at yourself, that's the first step to getting free, I believe. That's the day that you can grow up. God knows every flaw and weakness. He knows the mistakes we've done, past and present. Nothing is a surprise to him. He's watching you all the time. He knows where you go, what you do, who you're with. He made us to be that way. He made us to make mistakes, to be imperfect, so we would need him. He knows you. Like he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. He approves of each one of you. He has a plan for each one of you. We're all, I believe we're all priests. We went to hear Jackie Pullinger the other week, Amanda... Um, told us about she's a great lady to listen to speak and uh, because sort of her work in Hong Kong with the drug addicts and so you can respect her she's been like she went there when she was 20 I looked up she's 70 now 50 years working in, with drug addicts in Hong Kong you can uh, respect that lady can't you and she's a great believer in that we're all priests we're all called to be priests you know we don't have to go to a priest and ask him to show us the way to Jesus Jesus has come to live inside of us and we, can, we are all priests, we can all minister, we can all pray for the sick, we can all give words of knowledge, we can all use the gifts of the Spirit. It's not just for the pastors, the leaders, and the elders. We can all minister. There are no special people. We are all special. <laughs> when I was at St. John's, um, I had to do an essay on the, the priesthood because they believe that the priest can still only give out communion, don't they? I could never understand that, really. I had great long discussions with my vicar. I thought, you know, when Jesus came, we can all minister. We're all priest, part of the priesthood. But there's still that element in different churches. Ezra in Nehemiah had been reading the book of the law to the people from the morning to the middle of the day. And the people were probably starting to get a bit... Oh this is quite draining the book of the law kept coming and they started to weep and cry and Nehemiah could see what was happening to those people so he said to them in Nehemiah 8:10 go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some and send some to those who have nothing prepared this day is sacred to our lord do not grieve for the joy of the lord is your strength and as he said that to the people I'm sure they went to celebrate laughter is a weapon we have many spiritual weapons but I believe that laughter is one of them and the devil hates it how about Paul I mean he had a difficult life didn't he you just read the account of Paul and what he went through in his life and ministry I don't think there's anyone quite like him in the New Testament anyhow, shipwrecks, beatings, face death again and again, homeless, without food, stoned, put in prison, on and on and on. We haven't quite gone through any of that, have we? Some of it perhaps, but in Philippians 4.4 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. So we're going to be people, aren't we, who rejoice in the Lord. And last but not least, entering a new chapter, moving on. That's where we're at today, aren't we? We're moving on. It's like pack up the tents, get the camels ready, get the food on the camels, pack everything up, we're off. I think this is the longest Phil and I've been in one place. We were we were musing this morning and I started to count the times because we went into um, Christian ministry when we were 30. So we've been in it quite a while now, 30 odd years plus. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and we were count I counted the number of venues we'd been in over our life in Uxbridge, in Eastcote, then Greenford and and I got to 12, but when we sat down together and counted, it was 20-plus, wasn't it? 20-plus different venues we'd been in in our 30 years. It's like we're nomads, because we'd never had a building that was permanent like the Church of England has. We always had to hire or rent buildings, and we're meeting people's homes, house churches. You've named it, you name it, we have seem to have done it. And here we are again, packing up the tents, moving off, rapes in down the road to Perryvale (laughs) but hey as long as God goes with us isn't that all that really matters we can move anywhere couldn't we but as long as he goes with us we don't know what's ahead but we do know that he goes before us and he has got what's good for us it might not be what we want but hey it's good for us so let's enter this new chapter for hope with energy excitement enthusiasm and above all join our hearts smiles on our faces and laughter on our lips join our hearts smiles on our faces and laughter on our lips I'll just finish with reading this by Isaiah we can go out with this one in our hearts Isaiah 55 And then I'm done. Starting at verse 10. I'll go from verse 10 because it's such a nice verse. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will, you will hope, you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. That's Horsenden Hill, by the way. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn thorn bush, will grow the pine tree. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. That sounds like something's happening, doesn't it? This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. Amen. Yeah. Ooh, can, I, can I just pray over please Of course, yes.